Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I was talking about what's going to end up canceling me over time. And um, I, it's actually, I had a video that I made literally five or six years ago. And I ended up reposting it to TikTok a year ago. That is a famous thing. The turkey? The turkey. Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? What a special day for the pod. We have Ashley Gavin back on, who was our first ever guest about 15 years ago when we first started in 2000. Do the math, carry the... Yeah, whatever, you know, you get the you get the bit. Uh, Ashley Gavin's here this week, but also there's so much excitement in the air. It's getting towards the end of summer, beginning of fall. My birthday is coming up. And I do want to say that with this podcast reaching such a milestone, the milestone being, of course, the famous 34th episode, I feel like we need to call ourselves something. The people that listen to this podcast, you know, because like certain podcasts have like, we are the boop people, uh, you know, friend of the pod. And I feel like that's a gay ass podcast. It's tough. It's tough. Like gay ass podcast. Okay. G-A-P, Gap. Well, Gap is a clothing brand. I'm not going to do that, but we could maybe be like, I'm a Gap girl. And someone's like, what does that mean? And then they turn around. I'm talking about the merch, of course, the shirt. And the back says, a Gap Tooth bitch. People who listen to this, are we all Gap Tooth bitches? Let's try it. Welcome to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. How's it going, Gap Tooth bitches? You know what? It went better than I thought it would. Um, if anybody has an idea of what we should be called, please DM, send a mess. I would love to get something just to, you know, hey girlies, gay ass girlies, gap girls. See, it feels copyright infringed. Um, I do want to tell you that the headline of today is I'm seeing The Lion King tonight. And no, I'm not seeing the Disney animated version at a friend's house. I am going to the reopening night of The Lion King on Broadway. My dear friend George, who I met through Matt, asked if we had plans tonight. So I moved a couple things around and... <laughs> I am just so excited. I It's the first Broadway performance of The Lion King since the pandemic. I cannot focus on anything else, and I can't wait to tell you about it. I do want to say that what did distract me for a second is I posted a clip of Ashley Gavin just to kind of get excited for this episode on the Gayest Podcast Instagram, and 
it started to get a lot of likes and views, which sometimes the algorithm like really picks up on whatever it is. And so I was like, oh, of course, Ashley is a star. It's a great funny joke about, you know, gay parents and why gay parents are really good parents. And I realized that when I went to check it after therapy, of course, that it was a lot of actually mean comments, like hateful comments. And then I went to show Matt and the video was gone. I was like, wait, Matt, the video, Do you, what's going on? It was taken down for community, something against community guidelines. Turns out some troll had reported the video. And Matt was like, well, you need to question why they reported it. And so I immediately did the thing where I was like, this was wrong. And I swear to God, within five minutes, they were like, we were wrong. The video's back up. Sorry. They took it off the main front page of the Instagram. But if you click on the real button, it'll, it'll, go, it'll take you there. Uh, it's so funny. I guess Ashley is just so controversial that she can't but help have the bots be after her immediately. Uh, but she does actually talk about something in this episode that really is interesting about being the first openly gay performer on Carnival Cruise Lines and what she is allowed or not allowed to say. So you definitely want to listen for that. And of course, it's her being hysterical and amazing. But getting into this, my friends, Ashley Gavin is the host of We're Having Gay Sex, an unbelievably popular podcast. It's always at the top of the charts. In the bottom of my hole. Oh, God. Uh, you know, it's, I'm thinking about Lion King. I'm thinking about Lion King. Can't focus on a good punchline. Um, you are a huge fan of her TikTok. She's over 500,000 followers. And if you don't follow her, now you will. Like and subscribe to this podcast. It would really make a big dip if you leave a five-star review. And make it a nice little love note because we're getting more reviews, which makes me so happy. But I'm trying to just become like Ashley Gavin and take over this gay podcast world. So tell a friend post about it tag me tag ashley and join the patreon to get the full video episode because context for the first part of this interview uh she keeps putting her camera down to like rework the angle or click put in microphones or whatever and i keep getting shots of her crotch so if that alone doesn't tell you to sign up for the patreon i don't know what will with that enjoy the episode and here is ashley gavin <laughs> Like I'm on a lesbian roller coaster where the camera keeps going down to your cross. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. I'm, I'm really, be. I'm like, I'm like, uh, it's voyeurism over here. I'm, I'm like Jeffrey Tube in it over here on the Zoom. <laughs> I don't know if you get that reference. It's that newscaster from oh, CNN yeah. that like started jerking off when he thought his Zoom camera. I don't. How does that even what, happen though? I want to know. He's. I'm so sorry. I, I thought my camera's off, but like, I thought my. Camera, but can we talk about how you were also yeah. jerking off during a work meeting? Like, I understand being horny, but then it's like, oh, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to say I'm above it. I think for me, it's just like for women, women would never got get caught doing this is actually a bit women would never get caught doing that. Not because we're like less horny or less appropriate, but like we have to like exit the room and set a new scene in order to jerk off. <laughs> you guys can jerk off anywhere. And that is like why you guys get into more trouble than than we do, because not not exactly the whole reason why <laughs> that's not fair there's but, many factors uh, but it is one but like i remember being a kid and just like in high school and you're just like so embarrassed that you're sitting in class and you're hard and you're like and of course it's a very cliche like and i have to go up and share in front of the class but that totally happened to me i would be like it does yeah i would have heard hormone the hormones would be flowing and i'd be like mr smith looks hot actually that is a real name of a teacher who was hot it's and, real 
really name of teacher that I had that was not hot at all. Well, who knew Smith was such Maybe a common you'd name? Maybe you be into him. <laughs> wait, do you want to... Wait, I, for, I first want to say that we... Before calling on, like, having all these tech glitches, I was so ready to be like, Ashley, can you believe it's been, like, eight, nine months since we last recorded? And look how far I've come. And I can't get my headphones to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. You're one of my favorite people. Likewise. Truly. I, so talented. I love you. Uh, I love you. I'm so grateful you're here. It's like, it's so crazy that you were the first episode of this podcast. And now it's been literally, I think, eight, eight months, seven months since this whole thing launched. And I, you know, I, I do want to, can you, you said that you were having a lot going on. Can you tell me why? I just like, I, I don't know whether or not I would describe myself as an introvert or an extrovert. I definitely hate crowds. Yeah. Like big, big parties. And I prefer the, like the three two three four type of hang i think most people probably do and i try to do something social every day as a part of my happiness regiment which we can talk about later if you want but like socializing is actually very good for you despite how burnt out you feel we do not socialize as much as we were like built to socialize we are a social people um i know it gives people anxiety but there's all kinds of science behind this that socializing is very good for you. So I built it into my schedule. And as a comedian, it's already and podcaster, it's already built in, which is really, really nice. And I'm doing it more in person. But I have had the most social calendar. Like I had my show in New York last night. We do an after party afterwards. And I make it a point to talk to everyone that that came to the show. If you hang out after the show, I will talk to you. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just so grateful that everyone's there. I'm trying to connect all the queers. I'm trying to meet all the people who support my work. And so it's like last night we had probably 80 people there and I I spoke to them. And then I did a podcast recording today. I have a meeting after this, a really fun, like collaborative meeting. I'm talking with you. I am, my battery is like, when introverts say they need to like recharge, that's where I'm at. I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm so excited to be here. But like, I could be speaking total gibberish and garbage right now and i wouldn't even know it i'm like looking around as you're like speaking tongues i'm like does anybody else understand um i mean the fact that you even just had another podcast recording already today on top of what happened last night it's like jesus h i i get stressed if i have like more if i have two recordings in a day and you you have like 15 i never record twice in it oh oh i see other people's pods yeah i do yeah i just i i well how did the show go last night i'm sure i mean like but beyond being draining was it like so awesome it was awesome it was awesome and and so i was doing all this new material and i just wanted to stay up there i did like 35 minutes it was so fun. It it flew. So, so what's funny is I was like so excited to have you on, but part of me was like, gosh, I've never had a, a, a repeat guest on this podcast. Like, what if I have nothing to talk about? Of course, that is zero the case. However, I one of the things I was thinking about of asking you is about your listenership of like, because I'm sure we have a lot of crossover, but differences with who listens to our, our podcast. And I've been noticing with your... Uh, people interacting with you i noticed on twitter someone was like oh my gosh i spotted ashley gavin walking with something down the street boo, 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 boo. and you were like please say hi and then my question and i see also like a lot of flirting which we love but i'm curious do you think <laughs> i respond to that a little less a little more politely <laughs> well do you do you find that lesbian listeners are as horny or more horny or less horny than gay men <laughs> You know, Eric, this might surprise you, but I don't have much to compare to. 
um, <laughs> gay men are not super sliding in, and I don't know how they do it. I cannot uh, get the gay men to stop talking about sucking my dick. <laughs> if one more gay guy slides into my DMs flirting with hey, it's fine, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it, but I am not gay, okay? <laughs> um, or I'm the opposite. I'm like, suck my strap, but... <laughs> Um, sorry, that's disgusting. Uh, oh, that's good, that's good. I don't, I don't know. I get so many, pol- first of all, they are polite. When I was dating Jen, I'm single now, but when I was dating my ex, who was a very big part of the podcast and a big part of my online life because she was wonderful and so open, um, I got n- almost no, like a couple. I got, I would get, I would get them, but like they would either not know mm-hmm. or be like, respectfully i love you and jen but i think you look really cute today like just the the tamest slide-ins like the lesbian community so respectful the queer the queer community so queer like afab you know like slide-ins like that so respectful um once jen and i broke up people waited a few weeks and then the dms come came they waited to be filthy that's so nice yeah, and now they're a little more aggressive, but they're still like not they're so respectful and like very very tasteful sliding. See, I actually my- that it makes me feel so happy but also like kind of expected cuz I think that <laughs> men are just like across like obviously there's many different types of men but we're all gross and bad i think that's kind of like we can agree on that one so it's like but that being said i want to make it very clear no one's been gross and bad with me to slide into dms but like of course have i gotten a a dick sent to me that i wasn't expecting of course and it's just a different time in the universe where i was thinking about like remember peak pandemic horniness like i'm i think i'm just always horny but like i remember like a year ago summer I was just so hungry for anything and I I would flirt and have a DM convo with I I mean like I, I'm afraid to look back at archives. Don't you look live with your partner? Yeah, my husband and I are living together and but we're okay. Flirting is okay. Oh, flirting is okay. So really for you it was just more about like I also think flirting is okay. Yeah. Just I, I don't consider myself poly or open in right. in and I have not experienced that, but to me the conversation that I have with Jen and I probably will have with my future partners is like, I think flirting is fine up until it becomes foreplay. Yeah. When it, when it sort of feels like, like someone's going to leave with somebody, then that's like the line for me. And I know that's like kind of fuzzy, but I still think like you kind of know when it's there and if it starts to happen and it stops like, okay, like cool. But, uh, that's the line for me. Yeah. I think what's also attractive to me about, being married in our situation is i've always enjoyed flirting i've just always like like it's and like i think it's like a a known thing with my friends they're just like they make fun of me because if i ever ask you what celebrity do you look like that means that i'm attracted to you because i'm always that's always Mm. my first question which like i often mean it but sometimes i just want to excuse to have a talk conversation with you but like yeah i think flirting is just so there's an like electricity that is so fun and i think that what some people get into a trap with is like if you are in a if you're married or in a long-term relationship and you feel trapped, which is very normal to feel, I think that like flirting gives you enough of that excitement that gives you the taste without upending your entire life. Yeah, and then you can bring that fun confidence and that fun energy back home to your partner that yeah. you don't you love them, you want them. Like they're the person that you want, but and the only person that you want if you're monogamous, but you can take that 
that fun energy. Uh, for me, it's like confidence and validation. And I just feel like, yeah, still got it. Totally. But I, but I, I know, think I, there was a, a switch with Matt and I when we actually last a year ago we would like we would be like yeah because we're 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 gonna flirt with people on 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 dms and like that's fine and then i remember like had an um, initial bout of jealousy where i would look at his phone and be like who are you talking to he's like my sister i was like okay fine (laughs) um but like that like that happened like i would say five to seven times and then (laughs) since then it's been like i'm like oh are you flirting with someone because actually i kind of like the idea of that i actually would love when people flirted with with my ex yeah because like i think she's hot and i'm like proud that she's hot. yeah you know like i was like yeah she's mine and you want her right and you know what i mean like i i i felt like a sense of pride with it so that was always fine with me um, i love that I'm- i don't remember how we got here oh you're ragingly horny at home was it just like you couldn't have the flirting do you know what it is or was it like being with the same person inside for so long kind of like changes the sexual dynamic it, well i think it's also i did i had such a lack of uh, seeing other people on a day-to-day like my subway journey over the years of living in new york i just really enjoyed subway lovers like a, a glance across the the train give me one of those every week i'm set girl it's like come on now that's lesbian sex yeah just by the way eye contact is lesbian sex because we don't do anything else <laughs> We just stare at each other from across the bar. That's the other thing, fun thing that's so fun about the show is I love actually getting people to talk to each other because no one's a top and everyone's a little bottom. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to like top you all into like falling in love. Um, I'm, I'm like a top Cupid. Top cu- America's next top Cupid. But I <laughs> I um <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I hear about these subway glances from my buddy Sam, whom I love. Mm-hmm. Um, It sounds like you guys have like a whole language that I do not speak but i also think separately i'd love to go into both of these it's your podcast but these are the topics that i've decided Please. that i want to talk about right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like well the steering wheel has been given go on go on <laughs> no we don't have to but i think that even without the flirty eye contact there's something about socializing that like has a base level of flirting all socializing that like keeps raging horniness at bay somehow Mm -hmm. like somehow ordering an egg and cheese at your bodega is just like the little sexual hit that you need to not like want to die from horniness yes okay so this is an immediately giving me a memory of i was in high school i think and i won't out which one but one of my siblings we were my family's like you know of oversharing loud jewish family and at one point (laughs) someone's one of my siblings said did you know that within 10 seconds of meeting anyone you decide subconsciously if you want to sleep with them or not and when he said that i was like ew you're gross because you want to sleep with anyone that's gross but uh i think that kind of hit me because i don't think it's necessarily wrong it's not wrong yeah like i that's what gaydar is yes it's you looking at the other person and not only evaluating whether or not you want to sleep with them, but whether or not you're getting that vibe back. Right. That's what Gator is. I was watching a TikTok today of this guy that was like, hey, so I'm visiting my family in Arizona. And the second he said that, I was like, A, I know you're gay. B, I know you're attractive. And C, I want to sleep with you. It was just like, it <laughs> It was like with, I mean, it wasn't 10 seconds. I was four. No, no, no. It was two. It was two. <laughs> 
And I was like, why did that, how did that just happen? Am I... Was it Arizona specifically or... Sedona. No, I don't know. I mean, if... like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think it was just like... the. I just... Someone... You know what it is? Someone commented on one of my videos um, saying, why are you talking like that? And then I made a rebuttal that I haven't posted yet because I'm still, you know, learning what clapping back feels good in theory versus actually posting. I never clap back I, ever. I, I only... You know what it is? I did one clapback that felt really good because I posted a video that was like getting a, a ton of views. That I was like, I know this is funny and I'm not going to feel bad about anything. And one person said, oh, oh, I know what it was. The video is, I talked about this in uh, a podcast I guested on last week that was, my younger brother has a giant ass, his big old butt. <laughs> I saw that one. That was so funny. <laughs> he's always complaining about his big ass. And I'm like, you don't know what you have. So I posted, <laughs> I posted the video and then someone said... Oh, I was like, my brother has a big ass. All I have are chicken legs and an anxiety disorder. And this guy commented, "We get you get what you deserve. And I let it stay up for a long time. And I was like, and then I finally just responded. This is me clapping back, Ashley. I responded, his name was DJ. I said, DJ, this is mean. <laughs> that was my entire clapback. And it got like 200 <laughs> people liked DJ, this is mean. And I was like, I think I feel comfortable clapping back in that way just to be like, label, <laughs> unkind words bullying also his name is dj DJ. so we get what we deserve dj at least at least least your parents like genetically they can't control whether or not you get the the fat ass but they can control whether or not they name you dj dj so we know a lot about you dj (laughs) yeah i guess we do get what we deserve dj yeah that's fun yeah but the the one that someone said to me is uh the other day is um why are you talking like that and i i wanted to respond with a video of just like me not talking for the first 10 seconds and me going talking like what but like i don't know if i'm gonna post i don't know if it's worth it people make fun of my voice all the time because what start it's interesting i'm naturally very loud my whole family is super loud mm-hmm. sounds like your family's super loud mm-hmm. new yorkers just talk louder and faster period that's just like a cultural thing i'm a new yorker yes um when i started posting on tiktok First of all, if you go and watch my jokes, the jokes that are like jokes, like delivery, mm-hmm. there's no yelling. It's all just me being loud, not yelling. And there's a dis- there's a clear <laughs> distinction. But if you look at the jokes where I'm yelling, it's because there are all these heckling videos. I'm animated, obviously. Yes. But not only that, a lot of these videos take place outside. And if you knew acoustically how difficult it is to do comedy outside, you would understand why I'm raising my voice. Absolutely. So I get a lot about, can you stop yelling? Just because you're yelling doesn't mean it's funny, like that kind of thing. And I want to be like, there's no no reverb. It's like, baby, if you only knew the list of reasons why. But do you, so when you, I actually am curious about this, like when you are posting, because you have, I mean, for anyone listening who I'm sure every listener is obsessed with Ashley as I am, but if you don't know, Ashley is like such an amazing comedian, amazing podcast, we're having gay sex, TikTok followers out the asshole. Do you, do you, when you post things now, what is your relationship to not only people saying why you're yelling your voice, but like any kind of criticism or like, or any sort of like, comments that are debating each other about what you're saying how does it affect you now um it still really hurts i i I, but but only certain ones hurt it certainly hurts to be told why are you yelling over and over again when bill burr has made his entire fucking career out of yelling and it's like he's people would be like bill burr is one of the greatest comedians of all time and i actually agree i know i know that's probably for some of our younger listeners his com his comedy is quite nuanced and there are things that i don't agree with that Mm -hmm. bill burr says but I also think he 
it's it's quite nuanced and you can't just take away the clips from him you have to like understand his full point of view um i don't know much about his podcast before anyone is like cancel her you know but <laughs> i b- the fact is whether or not you agree with bill burr the man yells and has so many male fans mm-hmm. so it's sort of like when these men say to me why are you yelling i want to be like because i'm female bill burr and if you don't like that, you can go fuck yourself. You right. know what I mean? Like you're you're the hypocrite here. Um, and when it's like little boys being like women aren't funny, like all those things don't bother me as much. When queer people get offended, there's like two lanes here. When queer people get offended, I look into it more and yeah. I make a decision about whether or not what they're saying, not that it, whether or not it's valid, because I think even the kid saying women aren't funny is valid. I don't agree with it, but like he's entitled to his opinion mm-hmm. to think that women are f- <laughs> funny. But I look into it to see if, I mean, Hannah Gadsby said this in her latest special comedy is a majority rule. If the majority of people think it's funny, even if I've hurt a minority of people, I have to make an evaluation about whether or not those people are hurt <laughs> for reasons that I can control. Mm-hmm. If I can find a way to soften the joke, I might do that. If I think what I'm actually saying is toxic, I'll change it. Yeah. I learn from people. But if I'm reading it and I'm like, they are not interpreting the satire or they think the satire, this is a topic that shouldn't be satirized, I typically don't change it because... That is that's more of a personal opinion on the way to approach a topic or a joke. And I don't think that we should be changing our jokes because then we'd be changing it for every single personal opinion. Exactly. There's no there's no way to please every person. But I also I'm actually honestly very nervous to ask you about this because I had a video that it's it we, I was talking about what's going to end up canceling me over time. And um, <laughs> I think the one thing that it'll be... Your association with me? My association with Ashley Gavin, I think. Um, <laughs> it, it's actually... I had a video that I made literally five or six years ago, and I ended up reposting it to TikTok a year ago. That is a the, famous thing. The thanks, turkey? The turkey. Why would that get you canceled? So, oh, my God. I'm already feeling so much better, Ashley. <laughs> um, so... Because the part of my question came from the comments of that video. <laughs> Did someone, some, some, like, some feminist is like, vaginas are beautiful. All vaginas are beautiful. This turkey vagina is beautiful. Correct, First of all, actually. is it even, is it even a vagina? No, Do it's a even, turkey. It's the head it's a, of a turkey. It's, it's the head of the turkey. It's the head of a turkey. So, so there you go. For Not any, canceled. So, okay, so the video is... But you're pretending to hate a vagina. Right. And the thing is, it came out of... I was really making working on a turkey with my parents. And I was like, okay, this, this looks like what it looks like. And so the caption was, why gay men hate Thanksgiving? I'm looking at the turkey. I just open the turkey head. I go, oh my God. And I walk away. And the comments last year, it got to like, what, like 4 million views. And the comments were like, wow, nice trans phobia wow misogynistic wow and i was like if you only i don't understand how how that's transphobic because the you did not make a statement about the gender this sex of the of the turkey that's a very good point that's a very good point that i have them projecting the body the theoretical human body 
onto the turkey vagina. Right. And I think if I was maybe a straight man saying, I can't believe I like this stuff or something that was like... That's exactly... That's exactly the critical difference. Right. The critical difference is... What you're really doing is an exaggerated joke about gay men. Exactly. And like, if anything, you're making almost kind of making fun of gay men for being a little bit like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like, you could take it in that direction too. So, if you are, this is the other thing about comedy that I think people forget. If that were a scene in a movie, I think it would be a little bit easier for people to palette Mm -hmm. because you see that this character is different from other characters. This character is a gay man. You know exactly who they date. You know Mm. all these things about them. When it's an isolated comedy clip, no one is looking at this thinking, this is Eric's joke, who is a cis man who is traditionally attracted to or normally attracted to other cis men, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's how you might describe your sexuality. And that is a valid sexuality. There's nothing wrong with that and not uh yeah so um i'm trying to think if there's any other things that could be interpreted here but whatever so when you make that joke they have to keep that context in mind and that's what's different about comedy on the internet and stand-up comedy is people feel feel entitled to separate the artist's identity and the context from the joke yeah insert their identity and their context and that's not to say that comedy can't be inclusive. Like, you can make inclusive jokes, but before you go canceling somebody because they didn't include your perspective, it's their joke about them. You're saying, I, I personally found this turkey vagina disgusting, gay men, you know what I mean? Like, And some people would be like, sometimes gay men are attracted to men with vaginas, and that's okay, but that's not you. In the, in the context of this clip, it's not the case. It's not... I'm- it's not relevant. Right, exactly. It's not relevant. I have an almost identical situation with that. Really? Wait, tell me. I have this joke where I say I'm Carnival Cruise Line's first openly gay performer, mm-hmm. which I am. And on the PG shows, I have to be, pretend to be straight. Not pretend to be straight, but I cannot say that I'm gay. So I wrote some straight jokes. And I go, you guys want to hear one? And everyone goes, yes. And I go, the other day I was eating my boyfriend's pussy. And everyone's <laughs> laughing. Now, I got in trouble because some people, like, some boyfriends have pussies. Uh Uh-huh. That's what people said. And sure, that's true. I am a cis lesbian. I am openly, I have never, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have boyfriends. I, I don't have them. So, and even if I did, even if I had a boyfriend with a vagina, because that's more likely the most that if I were going to have a boyfriend, that is the most likely situation that mm-hmm. it is a boyfriend with a vagina. Even if I did, the joke is about queer phobia. Right. I don't think the straight Republicans on the Carnival Cruise Line are going to be excited for my actual boyfriend, not pretend boyfriend. But if I were dating a trans man, I don't think that they would be excited about that. And I don't think that they would read that as a traditional straight relationship. So no. the joke still works. So <sighs> it's is, like, it's just wild. It is wild how things, the t- context is not taken. People do not put the t- context into the full picture. And the other thing I think is interesting about this is when I think about what, how 
where I was when we were recording this podcast at the start versus now is I have this segment on this called Me, Myself, and SSRI because I've been going through this <laughs> journey of figuring out my dosage. And I'm actually thinking for the first time since I started this, I might be, I might have found it, which is a 15 oh. milligram of Alexapro. You, the reason seem, why, you seem like a 15 milligram guy. Thank you so much. Honestly, I was, I, I was, I'm trying to fit into my type. So I like, <laughs> I, the reason I bring it up is because a lot of times I would post things or even with the podcast, I would freak out about yeah. either comments or like, oh, if, we all do it. We of all course. Do it. And I, and I think that like, or just the way things will be received. And I would freak out if I thought an episode at the beginning, if I was like, what if this isn't as good as the others and people then hate it and they never listen again. And I would literally every week in therapy talk about how like my, I felt like my world was crashing around me. And I honestly think the devastating part about my, my Lexapro journey is that it's not fixing all my problems when I thought it would. But the Mm. positive side of it is that, I am learning that the world is not ending and who the fuck cares about because a lot of stuff. we all make mistakes too. Like I might come back to this joke in a year or two and be like, you know what? I'm actually like open to changing that boyfriend's pussy joke because of X, Y, Z that mm-hmm. I've learned or whatever. Right. And I hope if you're listening that you don't think that I have jokes that um, dive into gender issues and stuff like that because I do. And I believe these conversations are really important, but I also think like read the context of the the joke because it's just very strange that comedy is the one art form where the person is expected to tell their story while also accommodating everybody's story and i'm not just singling out queer people like i think like this this can happen with a lot of things like dark humor Mm -hmm. a lot of people will be like well you can't tell jokes about xyz and actually like I think that's not helpful at all because let's take feminism, for example, or like the issue of sexual assault. I want more straight guys to talk about sexual assault. Yes. That's really important because there are fewer women listening to that guy and there's more men listening to that guy and they need to hear it from him. It's more powerful from him. Even if the jokes are ironic or satirical, like if the message is anti-sexual assault. Exactly, that it's bad. Yeah, then those jokes like and that's why, you know, like look at where this comedian is coming from. I know people like are like intent versus impact, but it's like ah, like the co- intent it should be in the joke. Like intent should be part of the context. So Right. Well, I think what's I've been finding really interesting is how separate our worlds are that I, that I didn't realize before. Example being Greta Tideman was on this podcast and we talked about Twitter porn. And mm-hmm. I and actually I was the person that was saying, you know what? I a lot of people actually don't know about it. And Greta was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, who in this world doesn't know that there's porn on Twitter?" And I was like, "Well, for I one, I didn't know about it re- till recently, right?" And I, 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 it came up because two of my straight friends did not know about it. And then we actually texted. I texted my brothers during the episode recording and to see, and none of them knew about it either. And so, I think to go along with this point of just like it, it is way more impactful when a straight man will bring attention to these things because in different circles it's more commonplace. Whereas if 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 it's against the rules for a straight man to bring up certain topics and it's like well then no one we're all then going to remain in our own separate lanes and all the same fucking issues are going to continue if i i love that joke because a lot of people don't know that there are still places where you can't be gay at work right i mean if that... i didn't tell that joke like straight straight people don't think that that type of homophobia exists anymore well in the second you said it i had a big laugh and the second after i was laughing i was like oh my god <laughs> 
And I could get into, first of all, I love Carnival. And I under I actually understand why they are like, you should not be gay on the PG show. I am their first openly gay comedian. If I were, and I don't think they're right about this, but I also don't think they're wrong because like I've done the cruises from Texas. Mm-hmm. I've done the R-rated shows. I say I'm gay. A huge chunk of the audience just gets up and walks out. Can you Jesus. imagine what they would say to me if I said that in front of their children? Right. Like it, it would be, I could get hate crimed on that boat. But they are, they're giving me a job and they're giving me the opportunity to be the first openly gay comedian in a very imperfect world. And I would rather have that job <laughs> and be there for the people who are like more in the middle. You know what I mean? Who are ready to hear the first openly gay comedian. Yeah. Maybe their first know gay comedian. What you know? small percentage of the audience is going to have their mind changed about certain things exactly. based on your comedy. Exactly. So, like, I know it's problematic, but like, uh th- what they're doing right but like this is this is the whole thing right like i could it's the cancel gray them area for, i could cancel them for that you could I, but you now could. and it's it affects me but i'm like you know what i kind of get what they're what they're trying to do it's a slow progress is steps well you know and that's what I mean? why like if when i because i am, we're moving to la next month and i if what? i I know. I know. I know. I, we don't even really hang out in person, and I'm like freaking out. We should <laughs> hang out in person before you go. I'm like, what am I gonna do? Listen, we're we'll always have Zoom, <laughs> but like I inevitably will hopefully make billions of dollars cast as a gay assistant on the Comedy Central digital show. <laughs> that is your exact type. Your coffee, Mister Sloan. But like I. <laughs> will <laughs> i will like if i make my millions as a gay assistant i yes is this in a perfect world that i want to be playing you know bradley cooper's i was about to say gay brother that's the only way i'm, I'm allowing myself <laughs> to believe do i want to play that's literally the, the you're like can you imagine if i ever had the opportunity to play bradley cooper's gay brother <laughs> who got a scene and a half can you imagine <laughs> That's how much I'll allow myself to dream. But like, I just like, I am fine. I'm fine. Gay assisting. And that will lead me to then gay brothering. And then hopefully that will lead me to gay romantic comedying. And then I will have a fully fleshed character on the happy endings reboot. I mean, like whatever it is, it's like, I, it is, it is an imperfect world where there is the gray area where you gotta, you gotta count your wins where they are. And, uh, I think that when some things are not right, you, we all have to take into stock of like what is palatable. And I don't have a better yeah. point. I'm just well, still talking. I think the thing is, is like rather than being like this joke is transphobic or this joke is homophobic or this joke is this in a comment, mm-hmm. maybe it would be better as a DM mm-hmm. or a comment phrased, hey, have you thought about it this way? And then the reply is, I have thought about it that way. And I think it still actually works because this or, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. If I change this, would that be helpful? And then we're all learning and growing. And Absolutely. Yeah. It's more of a dialogue. And I and I, I, I think what's nice about a lot of the people that DM me that listen to the podcast or or react to videos, it's like it, it really it be a lot of the time there have been really good dialogues in that yeah, way. And like me too. And there have been people, if they're, if you're listening, there have been people who have thoughtfully reached out about to me the, about these issues, and I have made changes based on what you've said. And I thank those people, by the way, and not absolutely, just the, yeah. 
Well, I also, you know, a really big pivot, but I, I do want to thank you and apologize to you because we had a really, during our this episode that we did months ago, we talked about a lot of reality TV stuff. And my thanking you is um, you, we talked about Great British Bake Off. And so I went to a full deep dive of just oh, like good. deep love. But also I want to apologize. I still haven't watched Love Island, which you raved about. And I'm so I sorry. I love Love Island. I'm, I'm all out of episodes and I'm really upset about it. Well, that's the thing where I'm at right now is like finding, because uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I almost did a segment that I still can do at some point that's called um um why do you hate yourself today hey and it's like what you wake up what do you hate and then the other person has to build you up but like i'm still you know having the struggle bus of like we're there still is the delta shit and like my birthday's next week which of course comes along with like what have Mm. i accomplished and i will say my birthday last year i turned 31 last year i'm turning 32 this year i was in a really really dark place a year ago i was just like I've said this so many times about that was just not having much going for me, feeling like shit. I was, I told my parents I was quitting the entertainment business. I was like, I'm, I was just like, I, nothing is happening and I'm so tired of waiting to like, I'm so tired of the inconsistency and like not having any thing to show for how much I've worked. And then I started literally LinkedIn applying to salary jobs. And then this other job came into my lap that ended up being perfect. And then I launched the podcast and then it's like and if all this excitement great stuff has happened but like why oh anyways so like i'm feeling so much better turning 32 this year but still having many moments of like what haven't i accomplished and so i'm turning to a lot of tv shows that are just still like considered trash but still make me feel good like the circle season three just launched and i matt started playing it and i was like it feels too soon i don't feel like i'm ready to dive back into the circle but i after four minutes i'm fully like fully subscribed it's a good metaphor for life i feel like a lot of times you just have to do it you just have to start watching the circle (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, there's cat hair in my eye. No, I'm serious. I think a lot of us are like, oh, we're not ready for this. We're not ready for this. The only thing that you're not, the only thing that hasn't happened is it hasn't started yet. You know mm. what I mean? There, a lot of times you don't need to be as prepared as you think you do. Of course, like be prepared, like do shit. But like, I think a lot of times the hardest thing is actually just taking the first step. That that old uh, proverb. Um, Absolutely. And I think the first step of me starting the circle and then immediately finding a hairy muscled man that... <laughs> is dancing shirtless on screen that clearly i was ready clearly i was ready to start it again um are you what what are the things that are getting you through right now in terms of pop culture tv um i am watching bachelor in paradise Mm. which i love i love all the straight game shows and people have been like roasting you know the different networks for things being logistically difficult i think (laughs) they were saying and it's not you know what it is is like I've been watching Bachelor in Paradise without Chris Harrison and The Bachelor without Chris Harrison. And Chris Harrison had been on there for a really long time. And I think they probably felt like, how do we do it without Chris? Yeah. And then they were forced to like make kind of a new show to adjust the voice of the show, which had sort of been happening with the contestants, but not really happening with the overall tone of the show. And now that they've like adjusted it, it's like, ah. You like you were put in this position where you had to fix it. You had no choice. And the discomfort of probably like trying to think about necessity is the mother of invention. On the Bachelorette season, they had these two women who were guiding the Bachelorette instead of Chris Harrison, like hosting. And they had previously been Bachelorettes. Right. Guiding the main Bachelorette. And it's like, of course, of course, your gal pal is helping you find the love of your life. 
Of course, you're like having brunch after every yes. single like day. You know what I mean? Of course. Of who's this weird dad that's giving you away? Like this is not. Why has he been here for the past twenty years? Wait, yeah. so I don't watch this, but I'm riveted. So conti- like how? So how are the changes? Yeah, feeling? and then on like Bachelor in Paradise, which is way more Love Islandy than The Bachelor, they have these guest hosts, and they even have this announcer who is just like makes the whole thing way more like camp and hilarious mm-hmm. and like it's just all rather than chris harrison it's just like all of these things that you were forced to do you were put in this position because this guy was racist and sexist <laughs> and duh um of course he was uh if you knew anything about i i then went and read about him and why they chose him to begin with in the history of the show and the history of the show is that it's ro- rooted in conservative values um i had no idea so long story short like i actually think these game shows rather than looking at this being logistically difficult it might be maybe you will actually have a better show if you learn how to reevaluate what you can do like you can look at this as a creative challenge rather than having oh man but we've been doing it this way for so long you can actually find better ways than you were before you know what i mean well and, yes and that's and just I think a good a analogy of, for life oh uh, agreed i think a lot of people are discounting also growing pains of when you do uh, when you are forced to make changes and yes maybe it, uh, maybe some things aren't working in the short term but long term you're making much needed changes yes, yes, yes. like examples being in the past year thinking about how bravo was rightfully outed for having either completely segregated shows racially or just like not oh, you're ha- so right i i yeah ha- i mean i always kind of knew that but i never thought of it as an yeah. active process well it's like it it's like is. how on real houses of new york they'd never have a single black ca- person of color but they have on atlanta they atlanta have, is only like people all of, black exactly yeah. and so so new york got uh ebony is a as a permanent or a you know a main a new cast member and she's an amazing housewife but of course there were complaints about like well especially from like the conservative white women of the midwest being like you know why are they putting into our faces it's like well let's let's address what's being put into your face is that just oh a black person but it was more that ebony was trying to teach the women and blah it's like whatever For sure but that is a thing that's happening on the upper east side right they are learning these women are learning how to i'm like <laughs> So it's exactly. And so I, yeah. but I think also like with um, Jeopardy too, how Alex yeah. Trebek and then like all of like, I, I just, I feel like we're watching a reality show of a game show, which is like the casting of the host. Cause I cannot believe that. Oh wait, there's so much. The Jeopardy, so the Jeopardy for anyone who doesn't know the Jeopardy, they did this whole crazy search to have a new uh, host. And they of course had many celebrity. With- so many qualified applicants, may I just say. So many. An abundance of qualified applicants. And like endless list of people that would come in to do this. And then they end up hiring the executive producer of the show, who was like a white cis man, who straight man, who had also produced The Price is Right and had his own problematic past, which then got unearthed. And then he, they ended up can't firing him well he actually stepped down as the new host the price is right by the way one of the only shows on tv that still has like silent female models like just like <laughs> standing in front of boats yeah it's like i cannot believe and like because wait actually that's a good question what about the uh, wheel of fortune um Van- do they- it's vanna white and the price is right girls like that has- Van- deal or no deal i can't believe that that 
remember deal or no deal they just yeah, had the um, hot women in the suitcases what's um oh i can't God. believe that got produced like during in like 2010 they like, there's made so that many show. things i cannot believe actually happened but like the the jeopardy hosts are going to get a new jeopardy host and then there's like people finally rightfully calling out the problematic things being dear evan hansen are you at all abreast of what's happening i understand that <laughs> I look, Ben Platt, you are super talented. Unbelievable. There's no question you deserve your success, even though your dad is a producer. Correct. I, I I wish it to be an equal playing field for everyone. And if it were an equal playing field, you would still be one of the greats. Good. Point. However, you are not 17. <laughs> you are not 17. I mean, it's it, it not only are you not 17, but the fact that the Dear Evan Hansen movie that's coming out is now getting the reviews are so really brutally mean and panning. <laughs> they kind of have to be. Can and you imagine kind of writing a good review right now? Can you imagine Dear the Evan one even... person's like, I actually kind of like the story. <laughs> uh, but like, I think that I, when a friend of mine texted me that, cause now I'm apparently becoming the like, which is probably not a good thing. I'm like the vocal Dear Evan Hansen. Um, <laughs> anti because i when when matt and i saw the show off broadway literally like five years wow, ago you saw it off broadway wow we saw well because you know you know what it was is we actually there was it was getting all this buzz and i was a tour guide of new york city walking literally walking through times square giving a tour and i had heard that today ticks the app was giving 30 dollar rush tickets and if you like click the button at a certain time you can get it so i was like Okay, everyone, let's go to the Diamond District. Open my phone, <laughs> open the app, click the button, and then I got the tickets. And I was like, oh my God, I, that, I literally just did it. So then we saw the show. And of course, it was like all these, I don't remember who, but a bunch of celebrities were there because it was like in the early buzz moments. And during intermission, Matt and I looked at each other. We were like, what the fuck is going on in this show? It was like, it was such a fucked up story that I was like, yeah, the music is good, but I just cannot get behind it. And now the reviews are coming out saying how... The, sh- the musical, of course, the music is good. Ben Platt is great, but the story is so fucked. And they had the chance that they could have fixed certain things, and they didn't. And yes, they put in these mega stars in it, but it is still just a story that you're trying to root for a character that is just like it's just pro- it's a problem in so many ways. And I am not happy that it's getting bad reviews. It's I'm happy weird because you wish you could dive into more of that character's mess. Yeah, because. I do think such a person exists and I almost even identify with it mm. to a degree of just like feeling I've been depressed. I've been suicidal. I have wanted desperately to fit into a family that I didn't have. Mm. I probably would have really loved to have gone viral and felt adored. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. in high school. So there's like a lot that that is all it, there's so much there that could have had such but an he's, impact he's almost glorified in this in this way where it's like it's it shouldn't be glorification it's like no it's, it's almost more of a like character wrong, study yeah it's almost like the wrong genre for this character like this character yeah. should be more of a bio like a really super bradley cooper should be playing this character as a 17 year old <sighs> And they should have had me audition for the gay brother. It's just like full circle. But like, yeah, it's it. There, it could have been. It could have been that the, the the tagline for the show should be this could have been something better. It just like it. And so I think that like addressing the problems of that show will hopefully lead I'd like to, to read them because I still enjoyed the musical. 
the, when I, I mean, saw it. The, the thing is, I, I walked away being like, gosh, I enjoyed so many parts of it. I just can't believe that totally, the, totally. the energy, the like the, the part that we walk away is you're supposed to be rooting for Ben Platt. And I was just like, I just can't yeah, do that. It, I can't do it. I think it's the family who loses the son that like yeah. really gets under uh, not enough airtime. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just sort of glossed over. The grieving process is sort of glossed right. over. I think the part with the mom when that when when the main Evan Hansen's mom comes out and does the mom song. Yeah, bro, like not a fucking dry eye like and that's the thing is like clearly pasig and paul who wrote the music it's like they're so, they're so talented and such yeah. I, mean, I listen to the music i love the music but you know i think you know what's interesting is like as we are moving on and like you know more and more people are listening to or watching our things it's like clearly if you do strike a chord with people in a bad way the 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 more the bigger audience you have the more they're going to make some sound and i think that it surprised me that it got to this point for this movie to be made and there wasn't like one gay assistant that was just like should we talk about the suicidal kid family a little more? Like, I'm, and maybe there was, but I just, it's just all surprising to me that it got yeah. to like the Toronto Film Festival as that movie. I imagine like the families that have suffered, I, someone in my family, I lost a cousin um, to suicide, mm. and like he was a very, a wonderful but very flawed person. The wreckage that it did to my aunt. Like, you can't gloss over that. Right. It, it She's n- never be the same. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's like... Uh, I. It's so... The pain that it inflicted on my aunt, for me, in my heart, is the biggest source of grief. I'm Obviously, I miss him. I love him. But for me, like, I... And, and my pain for him, that that's, that's another huge source of grief. Mm-hmm. The loss I can learn to carry. The grief for... The people around him is something that you have to live with for every day for the rest of your life. It's like, it's, it's awful. I think that, that it's such an unimaginable pain. I think like even what you're describing with your family. And I think that's probably partly why so many people do, do have the visceral reaction to Dear Evan Hansen when you're thinking about such a dark subject matter and the way it's handled with the story and the characters you're like they're just it feels irresponsible. Yeah. And even in the musical, maybe if they had dived into the, darkness of his what he was going through it would Mm -hmm. have been easier almost as if his family were like a mirror for the other family like a before and after type of thing oh yeah you know what i mean like yeah i don't know i don't know but um (sighs) maybe they'll make a sequel is this a dear evan hansen podcast (laughs) it's called that's a gay ass bad take of dear evan hansen That's a gay-ass takedown of Dear Also, Hansen. can we just say, Ben Platt playing that boy, I couldn't help but think it, how powerful it could have been to have that cast as a gay character or right. another, like, a person of color, like, a group, a group that's more typically afflicted mm-hmm. by... Actually, I don't know the stats on this, so don't cancel me for this, but I know queer and trans youth especially, I don't know. Well, I think I think what you need to do, and also people listening need to Google the Vulture review of the movie, and it is just brutal. It is like one part they say there's like an edit, an, an editor's note that's like, uh, we actually thought that Ben Platt was wearing a wig, but somehow that is his own hair. <laughs> like they're just like 
it's weirdly petty i will i will say on behalf of the i don't i'm not defending dear evan hansen here but i will say once the once like the zeitgeist has decided that something is bad the reviewers are never gonna they are gonna go lean into that or the opposite good yeah. You will you will not get an unbiased review. Well there will there will be some there will be some reviewers that are like now I get to be the bully I always wanted to be and they just let her rip. I because mean Because they have their own agenda to look to look cool and woke and you know whatever. And here so, I am like like and Vulture it worked on me. I'm like can you believe they said this? I mean like it's they the bullying worked Vulture. What a wild ride <laughs> our conversation has been. I know it's really just it all comes back to Pasek and Paul's Dear Evan Hansen. Um, well, listen, <laughs> as we are getting to... Are they gay together? Also, I'm about to get majorly canceled for this. Have you seen them together? Oh, I know you... they have wives. No, no, no. Like... One of them has a wife and one of them's gay. Oh, one of them's gay. Maybe that's where the gay energy is coming from, but oh, I think he they're is, in love. Yeah, no, very... But here... But the... the so the... He probably, they probably hate that. They probably get that and hate that. I mean, they probably hate... They have bigger fish to fry right now. I just... I wonder, like, what... How Ben Platt tosses and turns at night right now. But, like... I wonder if they hate Ben Platt right now. <laughs> no, they have... They, 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 we have no idea. They could have been like, maybe we should update the script. And then and they could have And his dad gotten, was like... Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, that's... See, again, I want... We don't a, know where down the chain these decisions were made. I that's want a reality show that about people, Jeremy Hansen. That, that, that's why that show, um, Unreal... Uh on great show because it really showed very much how you don't know at which layer in this something happened it's also very topical because on my this podcast we talk a lot about bravo stuff and i think that real housewives of salt lake city just premiered this week and there's a gigantic (laughs) there's a gigantic wow they're really running out of cities oh i mean the what yeah i mean it's like skokie real housewives of skokie but like they have a huge trial that happens while they're filming the reality show and they peel back the curtain and you see the the woman who is getting arrested you see her ask a castmate to turn her microphone off she had, gets a phone call from her husband and then you watch her drive off and 10 minutes later the feds show up and they're looking for her oh my and God. one of the other cast members heather gay who's going to be on this podcast she says um <laughs> what if she's on the run i mean it's like it's like you're just watching it's such good drama but like the peeling back of the curtain like in unreal and um brian Moylan, who was on this talking about the the behind the scenes of getting the shows green it's just all these things i want more and more documentaries about yeah. the, the behind the scenes of and dear evan hansen that documentary would be batshit yeah like live, like what, like recording Ben Platter reading the Vulture review. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think a much more um, thoughtful homage to uh, depression would be Ben Platt reading his own Vulture review. I mean, to be much more realistic, you would see something real sad. <laughs> talk about getting traumatized truly and also like i'll you said it i'll say it too like he is so talented and like is not at fault for he's so talented um wait so asha before we say goodbye i want to just have a final moment with you um i think the title of this episode has to be gay sex just because of who we who we both are and what we do um you are single i am yeah are you having any good gay sex and if you're not what do you yeah i've been i've been definitely slutting around um 
I had a great roster going. Mm. Uh, kind of the past two weeks kind of fell apart. We had to rebuild the team. <laughs> Wait, what fell apart? Back on the apps. I got ghosted by one girl who I hadn't yet had a date with. Another girl got into a PhD program. She's been super busy. My main main was sort of like, I need to recalibrate my feelings around this. This is kind of getting emotional. So I was like, okay, take some time. Like, and I totally understood that. And then this other girl that was open then closed her relationship. So I like was kind of like dumped three times in one week. Oh my God. At like various levels of dumping. And uh, not really, not really. Uh, I'm okay. I'm totally okay. So... But I'm rebuilding. I'm like trying to connect. Rebuilding a roster sounds horrible, but like I'm just connecting with new people, like trying to figure out like the best way to be casual. And uh, I'm having a good time. I got a girl's From number my vantage last point, night. This, I mean, this is so. I'm living for this. Like, to, is it invigorating to be in this world? Are you? Is it oh, adding to your exhaustion? No, nah, I like. I like dating. I. I know this is going to sound corny, but none of this is like one night stand stuff, and it's. It's like. I love dating because I meet in- genuinely interesting women that I can be friends with and I'm attracted to. Like, it's fun. It's just like fun to connect with people. That's what I think. And who hates having an electrifying first kiss? Like, God. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Good kissing. Honestly, that's all. I'm not. That's not really all I need. But God, a lot of the time, that's really the only thing I care about. If the sex is medium, but the kissing is good, I'd rather have. I don't even think the sex can be good without good kissing agree that's i i don't know if i've said this before but i hooked up with a guy that was much older than me in college and he was a bad kisser and i was just like jesus christ like you've had a lot of time to figure this out and it like it it made anything after the kissing not be good yeah it's hard it's hard you have to you gotta work on the kissing no pointy tongues guys no pointy time maybe that's the title well ashley gavin i want to thank you so much for coming on this is truly like such a treat a dream and i respect you love you honor you and you're not dying but this is a eulogy <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and i can't wait to have our now third reunion episode in, in the future play this at my funeral just this <laughs> with no context and the background music will be dear van hansen <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me i i you are the best Just a full circle moment with Ashley Gavin from our first episode to now our famous 34th. I want to thank Ashley for coming on and also special shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Every single week we get new people to join and I can't tell you how much it means to me to have your support. If you want to join, it is patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. There are video episodes there, bonus clips, and I'm going to do a special post soon about the two really exciting guests that I just booked for the pod, so stay tuned for that. Again, it's patreon.com slash gayasspodcast, and it really helps me be able to continue with this fun. I will tell you, my friends, if you want to follow Ashley, of course, the info is in the show notes. And if you want to check out the controversy of that fucking Instagram post, it's at Podcast. So follow along and maybe give a nice comment just to fight off the trolls. Happy end of summer. Let's hop into fall. Have an amazing rest of your week, my friends. I love you so much. And stay gay. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.